Welcome to the latest edition of the Food Systems Podcast brought to you by the Forum for the Future of Agriculture. My name is Mark Titrington and today we're joined by Jesus Anton, Head of Unit uh, in the Agriculture and Resources Policy Unit at the OECD. And we're discussing um, their latest report, Policies for the Future of Farming and Food in the European Union, something, of course, at the core of the Forum's mission itself. And of course, very important given the EU's strategic dialogue on agriculture, which uh, is taking place against a backdrop of squeezed farm incomes, loss of biodiversity and effects of climate change. Jesus, uh, a very warm welcome to you. Um, let me start by by asking you a, about the report. You, you, you say in the report that agriculture is a, a critical juncture uh, for reasons that I, I just talked about. I think we'd, we'd agree with that. What do you then regard as the main challenges faced by agriculture policies today? Thank you, Mark. Um, I think around the world, the food systems are facing now a very uh, important triple challenge uh, in order to ensure food security and nutrition of a growing population that will reach 10 billion people in 2050. And at the same time, supporting the livelihoods of uh, millions of farmers, but also other workers that are uh, along the food chains. And at the same time, uh, doing that, con conserving the, and enhancing the natural resources, which is uh, uh, the base of uh, the uh, in which agricultural depends. And this includes soils, water, biodiversity. The reality is that the food systems are not currently uh, in uh, meeting all these uh, triple challenges. Uh, we know that uh, about 2 billion people do not have regular access to uh, sufficient, safe and nutritious food. Uh, the environmental impacts from food production are also considerable with habitat losses uh, due to uh, agricultural expansion and different practices in agriculture. And food systems are accounting already for an estimated one third of anthropogenic uh, green greenhouse gas emissions. On the at the same time, repercussions from systemic shocks like uh, the recent COVID-19 or the war on Ukraine exacerbate the pressures on the livelihoods of the people that are working in agriculture and in the food system. And they uh, also uh, risk the supply chains, uh, trade and uh, food security. They also brought the attention and the resources to these important short-term issues, but that uh, also take out the attention and the resources from longer-term challenges that are associated to climate change, the need to gain productivity in the sector. Those will make our sector more resilient for the future. So the big challenge precisely consists on developing policies uh, that go just beyond uh, the uh, narrow uh, concept of agriculture and reconcile these multiple goals, uh, in particular, increasing uh, uh, production while taking care of uh, the environmental uh, natural resources. Uh, it is true that this is a big challenge, but at the same time, it is true that uh, the level of awareness and information that uh, uh, on the dimensions of the challenge ahead uh, that we have now is higher probably than in another time in history. So there may be an opportunity to change the mindsets and uh, the actors for the food systems and the whole economy to make a difference. Uh, but it remains a big challenge. You know, I mean, as you say, I mean, the, the, the level of awareness, the data that, that we we have available is, is probably the, the highest that it, it it's ever been. When I read the report, and this is my interpretation, Jesus, not, not necessarily yours, I don't wish to lead you, I, I thought I detected a pretty strong implication that in, in your view, the view of OECD, um, the, the common agriculture policy, which of course defines much of the, the, the food and agriculture policy of the European Union, has not yet adapted to, or, or perhaps arguably not delivering for farmers, 
against the overall policy objectives, particularly those articulated by the by the Green Deal. Is that true? And 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 if so, why why do you think that is? Well, in the OECD, uh, following the concerns expressed by uh, the declaration of Mr. Agriculture in 2022, we tried to assess the performance of uh, agricultural policies based in, this, in the concepts of productivity, sustainability and resilience. Productivity, in order to allow to produce more with less. Environmental sustainability, in order to take care of the scarce natural resources. And also resilience to uh, the systemic shocks uh, that arrive. And we call all these like virtuous path sustainable productivity growth. In our recent review, policies for the future of farming and food in the European Union, we have assessed the performance of the European Union. And if we have to say something, the glass is at most half empty uh, in the sense that uh, uh, this is not fully delivering in terms of productivity with an annual um, total factor productivity growth, uh, which is still positive, it is uh, but a bit less than one percent, lower than uh, in the uh, in the past uh, um, uh, in the past uh, uh, in other countries uh, and in other countries like uh, China and Canada and all mm. particularly with the U.S. in the past. Uh, but it's not also delivering either in terms of the environmental sustainability, with uh, some indicators like nutrients on phosphorus balances going in the right direction, but others uh, that have stalled progress, like for instance greenhouse gas emissions that used to have um, a decrease in the first decade of the century and now have increased again. Uh, so we have also a, a bad uh, performance in indicators as important as uh, biodiversity, which is a big concern, as you know, in terms of the, mm. of the biodiversity around the farms. This is not fully surprising because the starting point of the policies is far from the optimum, despite mm. that the EU has been uh, doing significant, is doing significant support to farmers, which is approximately 16% of the revenues. Uh, and despite previous reforms, most of the support is not promoting innovation and environmental sustainability. And many of the payments uh, and, uh, and support, su uh, and support uh, are continuing the inertia of the past uh, and can even prevent the, inter the intergenerational change that is needed and the transformation that is required. So despite the clear improvement in the past, current policies reflect the inertia of the past and are not fit for purpose. Mm. I mean, you know, a lot of what you said there is is things that the that the forum has has also begun to um to explore, particularly in terms of how we how we fund this transition for farmers to um a more a more sustainable, resilient, climate smart, nature positive, if you like, food and agriculture system. One thing that stood out to me in in the report, you talk about a path dependency um that that the CAP appears to to suffer from. Um, I mean, again, if that's true, how does it overcome that path dependency? And um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure you use the word, but but one could argue that it, it it's inertia that um, is is under underpinning that that path dependency. How do we get past that? Uh well, the good news is that, uh, um, yes, the policies have a path dependent, but uh, we in the OECD have already some specific uh, ideas and suggestions of how to improve that. Uh, already the common agricultural policy of 23-27 that has just started, uh, mm. in this, as you mentioned, this critical juncture in terms to meet the um, European Green Deal objectives, uh, it has movements in a direction which are 
interesting and useful. First, they have uh, is a movement from uh, compliance to to, to uh, performance, uh, which uh, uh, is just basically rather than just complying with some practices, thinking about how they perform in terms of the results. Second, uh, there is a new delivery model that gives uh, more responsibility to the member states with through the capacity plans and probably with this more ownership is more probability of success and, and delivery. Third, there is uh, new eco schemes uh, that are focused on remunerating the farmers that make an additional effort into the environment. We bring in our report 15 recommendations uh, on the strategic uh, that I think they can contribute to the strategic dialogue of the future of agriculture in the EU with the specific actions. They don't come out of the blue. Uh, it is the result of a strong engagement with the European Commission, but also with other stakeholders, all the holders where we have reviewed review in the last uh, two years. And they include three big groups of things that I will uh, afterwards develop uh, through, through our conversation. A push from the present modifying the specific policy programs uh, to make a better job for farmers uh, and uh, for the environment. Second, uh, reorienting the whole policy towards innovation to reconcile productivity, sustainability objectives, which was not in the case, uh, it's so much the case in the past. And third, embracing the future uh, with uh, a clear definition of the objectives that uh, affect agricultural productivity, trade, but also the policy areas and also, also better targeting these specific objectives. So let's just um, come out a little bit from from CAP and even you know perhaps from from Europe and 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 look at a, a a broader question that is within that is which to me is is how how do we can we I think we have to find a way to reconcile the environmental objectives that we have in in agriculture with the with the productivity and competitiveness goals. In in your report, you, you allude to it. I, I, do you think it's possible, Jesus? Can we do that? Well, this is precisely the core of the problem. Uh, and uh, in the in the short run term, there is uh, there is a clear trade off between uh, producing more and doing it in the same way as we're doing, and therefore harming the environment and natural resources. Mm. However, in the medium and long term, innovation opens big opportunities because innovation means freeing from the weight of the past and changing the way we do things to reduce precisely these trade-offs. Um, reorienting support from traditional payments towards innovation for sustainability uh, and facilitating the double transition, uh, digital and environmental. I think it is the main uh, uh, idea that in our report as well, we bring for uh, the uh, European uh, uh, Union and for other countries as well. So bringing innovation to the center of the EU agricultural policy. And it, this is not easy uh, um, uh, because it needs to require uh, different uh, different. Um, goals uh, and innovation for sustainable productivity is the magic magic powder that somehow will allow to to do with more with less including less natural resources uh, um, uh, innovation still is not in the center oecd uh, estimates uh, of agricultural support have estimated that only six percent of the support that the 
European Union is providing to the sector goes to knowledge and innovation. It's a bit more than the European, the OECD average, but it's less than Australia or Canada and many other countries. Mm. Innovation needs to be strengthened and uh, induced towards uh, this sustainable productivity. And this should be made the core of the uh, policy uh, to have a greater uh, synergies as well with other policies. Innovation requires many aspects. First, of course, paying for results and give freedom for farmers, researchers and industry to find solutions. Second, improve the um, uh, assessment of the skills and making sure that we uh, develop a good uh, skills strategy among farmers, but also in other actors in the in the in the sector, uh, to upgrade this uh, uh, and attracting the skills, including the skills on knowledge and digital and entrepreneurial, that could facilitate finding precisely these sol solutions that allow us to advance in all the goals and particularly in those two, two fronts, uh, productivity uh, and sustainability. That requires also enforcing uh, advisory services and the participation of the farmers in the agricultural knowledge and innovation systems. Uh, therefore, I mean, reconciling productivity and sustainability requires a significant change of gears to make the flow of knowledge and the skills the main driver of the agri-food sector and the center of the agricultural policies. So, you know, we, we, we talked about innovation and factors that are important for innovation, um, you know, one of which I, I'm not sure I did hear you, you talk about, um, which is pathway to market, the ability for, for companies that are working in agriculture, bringing innovation forward to, to, to get that into the market as, as quickly as possible. And that there are some examples, some would say even in, in biological inputs, for example, where the the aspiration to get more biological inputs into the market is not being matched matched with the speed to market that some of those companies would um, you know would need. So I just wondered whether or not um, the OECD had looked at that in the context of of this report and indeed other things that you're doing. Precisely, definitely, yes. Uh, of course, it is very important the role of the private sector and the um, links between the whole agricultural knowledge and innovation system and uh, what is happening on uh, in the in the markets. And and this requires moving from just research and development to the adoption of technologies. Uh, and that involves definitely the private sector, the companies, but also the farmers. And that's what I was trying uh, to underline. How. The, the interlinkages between all the elements in the innovation systems are crucial in order to make it work uh, and uh, adopt uh, these uh, these uh, technologies. But don't uh, remember that uh, that the farmers are a bit in the center to a lot of the things that are happening on the ground, and therefore it is important to upgrade their skills and make sure that they are connected uh, to mm -hmm. their research and to the companies in order that there is the flow of of, of knowledge and innovation between the different. Um, elements and participants and actors in the uh, agricultural knowledge and innovation system. And this is why we make the emphasis on, um, uh, in the policy side, in our report on um, moving the policies from uh, this emphasis on uh, supporting doing the same activities that were done in the past to supporting the change, supporting uh, the movement towards uh, innovative ways of doing things that incorporate uh, the environmental sustainability as part of the uh, way forward. I'd love to hear you talk about um, farmers being being at the at the centre of this. Sometimes I, I I I do have a concern that that's lost. It seems to me. Um, abundantly clear that there's no pathway to the the transition that we want to make um, without farmers and land managers being economically viable 
and therefore able to deliver the the, the elements of the change that that we want. So great to hear you talk about that, Jesus. I I, I want to just just turn to something which you may or may not have a view on, and it, it's it's absolutely fine if you don't. In the forum and and along with others, we we talk about the need for systemic change um, with all actors taking a share in contributing to that transition you know whether whether that's the value chain it, it itself the input providers the financiers the banks the the insurance companies um and and so forth um we talk about that because we we, we recognize ourselves that there is a limit to the role that the policy can play it's a key enabler um but it's not necessarily the only one What's your view of, if if any, of um, of what that systemic change needs to look like, and um, and whether or not there is a limit for what policy can do, and and where we need other actors to to step in and help to deliver some of the elements of the change we're looking for? Definitely, you're right. I mean, policy is not the um, uh, solution for for all these challenges. Uh, policy is an enabling uh, uh, instrument, uh, but an important enabling instrument. Uh, and that's where uh, I think uh, uh, we um, uh, th- we have to understand and fully acknowledge that the, the change that is required, this change of mindset that, that is required, have to come from the from the um, all uh, the actors uh, uh, in and the stakeholders in the in the in the food systems, uh, and particularly the private sector, which has uh, the strength and the resources to 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 innovate and find solutions. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the, the the policies can make a lot of uh, uh, have kind of a big role, particularly on bringing uh, two things. Um, first, making sure that they um, define uh, the priorities, particularly in the area Areas that require uh, the development and the and the uh, provision of uh, public environmental goods and other public goods for which uh, the private sector is not uh, well um, fitted in order to 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 uh, to deliver uh, and that's that's uh, an important area in which uh, nudging the whole innovation process towards this inno- uh, uh, sustainable productivity not just the, the economic productivity but also the sustainability uh, the environmental sustainability and the natural use uh, of uh, natural resources. Uh, That's a first uh, important role for the policies. A second Mm. important role is uh, the fact that the policies have particularly to avoid uh, the um, the being um, uh, um, uh, an impediment or hindering uh, this kind of innovation and change process. And uh, very often some policies just create inertia and re- con- continue, uh, keep the, the inertia of, of the past rather than just facilitating the movement to one, towards uh, a different um, uh, policy set. Great to, to, to hear that. I, I know we're, we're coming to the end of our, our, our time. Maybe a, a, a final um, question, Bob, observation and question, I suppose. Um, we had the, the pleasure to, to listen to former U.S. Agriculture Secretary Dan Glickman last year, good good friend of the forum, um, been, been on this show and, and, and others many times. He, he said that there's never been a more exciting time to work in food and agriculture, which which I, I and I guess you would would probably agree with. And yet, Jesus, that the perception persists that farming is is an old fashioned job. It, it's it's not modern. It's not cutting edge. Um, it, it's one of yesterday's industries. What is your view? Well, my view is that it is not an old-fashioned job. Farmers are working and taking care of basic natural resources that are a priority for the society and a priority particularly for the young. 
the perception of the profession is not good. I think you're right, uh, and this is right. But this can change, and there are good reasons for changing it. Think that uh, agriculture is in the cornerstone of delivering food security and protecting soils and land. It is This is opening new opportunities to deliver new food and new environmental goods that are demanded by society, and particularly by the young guy incest. There are new technologies and practices, including digital, that can facilitate this, tran uh, this transition, this change, and which are attractive as well uh, for the future. From this perspective, I think uh, the, the, the agricultural sector can attract a smart talent uh, in order to uh, tackle this uh, triple uh, challenge, uh, and including the, the young people. And policies can also make a difference also to change this perception. And we know that old-fashioned payments that uh, uh, may not, uh, uh, will not make attractive the sector because uh, they uh, do most often do not compensate for the high price of land and for the hard work of the farmers, and they do not induce the change that is required. Meanwhile, a new mindset may be emerging now if policies embrace innovation and the double digital and environmental transformation to attract precisely these new farms and take advantage of the new entrepreneurial opportunities that are coming in the sector. So uh, I think digital technologies can play a big role. Also, they can make much more attractive the work in farming uh, because they can reduce the need of manual tasks and physical labor. They can make it more flexible as well and make it more easy to conciliate the family life with the work. They can reduce uh, health risk Risk, uh, and allow on-farm diversification to tourism and to hospitality services. So I think I think current studies in the OECD have identified that these factors can make farming more attractive and encourage new entrants to the sector. Uh, farming has a fascinating future uh, as a cornerstone to deliver the new path of uh, sustainable productivity growth and respond to the triple challenges. But we all, uh, as governments and policies and society, need to really change this mindset and see uh, the farming as a profession of the future. What a great uh, rallying cry, Jesus. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to, to you, as, as indeed it always is to, to you and your colleagues at um, OECD. Congratulations on the report. Policies for the future of farming and food in the European Union is available to read. You'll be able to, to do that clicking on the link um, that will go with this podcast. But for now, Jesus Anton, many thanks indeed for taking the time to join us this morning. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Mark, and the forum for the invitation. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to another edition of the Food Systems Podcast brought to you by the Forum for the Future of Agriculture. Join us again soon. Thank you.